Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the Gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor John as we talk about how we deal with in-sermon distractions, and we discuss this week's messages on fear. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Armchair Preaching. Uh, back with Pastor John. Welcome back, John. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Went on vacation last week, so it's good to be back with you. Yeah, we missed you last week. It was good to uh, have Pastor Rebecca in the armchairs, but uh, definitely uh, missed you. Um, this week, we are in the Fearless series. We were both in uh, in our usual spots. You were in Classic. I was in Vine. Uh, but we do want to talk today about uh, just some, how do we deal with the various distractions that come our way as we are in, in the moment of preaching. Yeah. I mean, we're always having to deal with distractions in the right. preparation. And you and I both have strategies to deal with those things, like not being in the church office to prep messages. Yes. Right? I mean, both yes, of us yes. pretty much have that routine. Yes. It yeah. just, because it's almost impossible because you get the the, the, knock, the knock on the door and, and nobody, nobody, yeah, everybody, no, nobody has any bad feelings or no, no bad intentions, rather. They they just knock on the door. I just have one question and you have, quick, you have, quick, 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 quick. 20, 25 of those in one day. Quick question. Quick question, right? Yeah. Which is, and, and I love those, right? I yeah. do. I am not complaining yeah, about God, those. God is in the interruptions. So that's that, right. That's no, no question about it. But, but we, we do have a job to do. We have we have a deadline every week, and that deadline does not does not uh, does not change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets pushed off into family time and other times if we don't carve yeah. out that. But this is about really the distractions yeah, of I, the and, moment. And I and I I requested this. I brought this topic up to to you Zach and uh, because of uh, because of a particular incident this weekend uh, so I'm back just ba- just back from vacation and um, get into the 815 service so the 815 in-person service not the online service not the 1030 service the 815 in-person service and I had a technology problem so what what was if you don't mind what was the technology problem short version of it is that uh, the the app that I use to have my notes kept closing every 20 seconds Ooh, that's it yeah. just randomly decided and i've never had that happen i prepped i was thinking about it on the way in this morning so i i prepped using the same app using the same mm. version of the app seven different times i yeah. actually went through the sermon seven different times ahead of time yeah but the, my, the real problem for me for this week was because i have it the way i the way i do it i don't know how you do it i have i have the app that i use it has notes on it and yeah. i have an, uh, basically the apple version of word processing yeah, pages. has pages yeah. has the same same on as well well, yes. so if one goes down, I can go to the other one. Same exact thing. That's and then exactly I have, what I do. Then I have, I have the exact same thing on my phone. They, yeah, 100%. It's exactly. So this we're, so we're, we're actually doing the exact <laughs> same thing. I have, a, I have, I type all my, I, all my scripts. I type in the notes, the notes app, because I have it on my computer as well. It syncs up with my computer. Then I move it over to pages. Um, I move it over to pages because it has the presenter view mode, which I right. like quite a bit. Um, so yeah, and then one, you say then the PDF it over to books is the uh, is the app I use as oh, PDF, really? PDF reader. Okay. It just lets you touch the screen and then turn the page like gotcha. you're just putting. So so, so that, that was the thing. Different. Yeah, that was the that. thing that went down, and uh, books went down. Books went no. down. It kept coming and coming and going. And the the problem was that in the moment, and again, I'm I, it's eight fifteen. I'm not at the top of my game to 
begin with. I've just come off a of vacation. Yeah. Again, not top of my game to begin with. And uh, what I should have done was just close down books and open up open up pages and just start scrolling normally. While you're preaching. And all this is happening while I'm exactly. preaching. So yeah, I've already started the sermon yeah. and I just pull up I pull it up, start the sermon, I look down, then it's it's closed out. Yeah. So I keep on preaching, pull it back up again and it goes back out again. So uh, you know, I, I just I went through half of the sermon that way, and finally there's this long awkward pause, and I went over and grabbed my and I didn't have my phone in my pocket either. It was sitting over <laughs> over on the table, so I went and grabbed my phone and then and then continued on from from there. And what it made me think of, and I, what I thought would be useful is, but the things that you get you don't know about wouldn't know about unless this is kind of inside baseball stuff here, is that we have different ways of dealing with distractions that are happening while we yeah. are preaching. Yeah, here's a great story. Um, when I was in my first church out of seminary, there was this young young man, um, son of friends of ours, who was sitting in the front row, and where this worship space, uh, he ended up being, he's probably like six feet from me. Yeah. And he was wearing cargo pants. Yeah. And with the Velcro closes on them. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, going yeah, already. It going, yeah. So six feet away from me, I hear this very slow ripping of the Velcro. <laughs> Yeah. And then, um, and he's he's you know he's eight or so. He's yeah. just, he's hyperactive, bouncing around in his seat, which alone is a distraction. Then pretty soon it's like he's opening and closing. And I remember the muscles behind my eyes tensing up as I'm trying to force myself to concentrate on what I need to talk about and not be paying attention to this this kid ripping his velcro on and off. And about that time, some other kid on the other side of the room starts crumpling the, the some paper that he had in his hand, which sounded like it was at 130 decibels yeah. in my brain anyway so it's just what happens when we get distracted uh, I, I can tell you right now what i should have done and what i did do were two different things in the yeah. moment so i didn't handle it well on on uh, sunday morning so everybody who's listening who was at that eight fifteen service on sunday morning your preacher did not do a good job of handling <laughs> himself well what i should have done was if i did if i was close the one app down open the other app and if none of that worked i should have just thrown I, i've had i've had when we were doing paper i've had my someone come in and pick up my sermon yeah. off of a pulpit and walk out and go home to have coffee with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually preached the sermon from with from no memory. notes from yeah. memory. Mm-hmm. Sunday would have been better had I just done that. Yeah. Because I was ready to you, – you just re- you were ready to do it without that. But I kept trying to think I can fix it in the, yeah. in the moment. So yeah. how do you deal with distractions in the moment? That's well, the question. I think, I think, think it's interesting because you have – there's two different types of distractions that you just mentioned, which which we handle it. They're they're different kind of uh, you know different modalities in our brain. So one is is the notes thing, which has happened. So the reason I preach from an iPad, the reason that has become such a ministry tool for me, is because of what you just talked about. I was preaching uh, one day and I had my notes, and I realized I had left the last two pages because we we did a we did a switching services sort of thing, and we did it in the same space. So we did a very traditional service, modern service, and then a blended kind of thing in between the contemporary service and the blended service when the whole room has to change i had taken my sermon down to stairs and uh, when i came back i had left two pages and i realized that I had left the two pages right at that moment. So I had to, you know, preach the last two. But in that moment, there is no other option. I didn't have an iPad, nothing on my phone. I wasn't it's doing things like easier. that. It's almost easier. Yeah, in some ways. But I went to the iPad because I know I'm always going to carry it's always with you. that around. And it's very, very reliable. Very reliable. I've never had a glitch like what you're talking about with my iPad. 
except when I used to trigger my notes. So I used to trigger my notes in the Vine service here myself. So because it would just they would just leave the notes up we didn't have a live person on the screen so i would just trigger the notes myself oh all the the the, the slides the slides the slides slides, yes that was very unreliable which is why i don't do that anymore (laughs) because it was one of those extra stressors i just didn't need to think about so um when it's a tech issue like that i go through the the thing like you're talking about in my brain i start thinking through fix it what's the backup plan now i the interesting thing about what you're saying though is that you're doing that while, while you're, you're preaching the sermon. Absolutely. And I'm, I still don't know entirely how people have the capacity to do that. Because, yeah. I mean, we're not the only ones that have to do that. I've heard of people that have presented boardrooms. Sure. And things it happen. happens in the corporate world yeah, all the time. All your, the time. Your slide deck doesn't show up. Your, yeah. your, no, your papers don't show up. you gotta, you got to wing it in, yeah. in those points. But that's, but it, that's when you – being subject matter experts – Yes. Helps. Helps, because you you just – you do what you need to do. Yeah, so I have several backups like you're talking about. One is is the iPad multiple apps. Two is my phone. And I actually have another iPad on the platform with me almost always. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then then the final one is that I have it in my brain, which you're you're probably right. We probably should just go to that. A couple weeks ago, actually about probably now six weeks, six or seven weeks ago, we had the distraction in Vine where my microphone was was, started. glitching out like yeah. crazy and there's a there was supposed to be a backup right there and it has happened before that's happened i just turn grab it and go this one there wasn't a backup and so in the moment do you address the distraction or do yeah, you not that, you that's when that's when everybody's hearing right so when it's something that everybody's hearing i'm thinking now i have to address this yeah yeah um yeah on sunday everybody heard me struggling yeah <laughs> or me pausing with these long pauses and say, and so you got to say something at yeah. some point i think i said something like at one point I said hang on for a second let me get caught up caught up with this scripture passage here yeah. one time and the second time was when i had to go get my iphone and so i said you know i've, I've just come back from vacation so everything's just kind of dis- discombobulated right now so bear with me for just a second long what? awkward pause that's right and then i can then the rest of the sermon was, was fine yeah it's well it's good that we 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 are in a community that's supposed to be built on grace right and i got a lot of grace a lot this of grace weekend, a lot day. of kindness even even a few folks saying that this the sermon was a good sermon i said well <laughs> that was in spite of me not because uh-huh. of me <laughs> well i think it was interesting because i think one, one of the things this particular sunday was and i shared just before we hit record today uh this seemed to me going into this week that it would be a fairly straightforward message but i struggled a lot with this week's message Mm. um and maybe it's because in the back of my mind there's this internal fear of failure as a pastor and as a preacher that you're having to deal with i I love that you address that even in the sermon you said there's you and brian were talking about fear of failure as a as a as a father as a husband as a as a a pastor in your work yep I yeah. love that you addressed that. But this week, we both addressed the fear of failure. We both were tackling uh, two passages, one out of Exodus, one out of Second uh, Timothy. And, uh, you know, as you kind of approached this week, this this idea of a fear of failure, you know, what were the, the big picture sort of things that you were really yeah. hoping to get at uh, this, this, this week? Yeah. Just, uh, and, and for me, the big thing was... Um, and we saw it in the life of Moses, and I love how you gave us – you painted a, a 
with a big picture yeah. of, of the life of Moses to make sure that the the the, uh, the 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 how Moses got and what he was dealing with when he got to the point of I don't want to go, yeah. Lord, send someone else. Uh, that you sort of if you felt the weight of that in that. But there's that there is that fear uh, of failure. So what what do you do? What's the antidote to that? How do you, yeah. how, do you what, how do you how do you live otherwise? Mm-hmm. If if in fact a lot of people don't want to acknowledge fears. We just had it came from a meeting where we're yeah. talking about fears. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge uh, fears. But whether we acknowledge them or not, the answer, the question is, how do we deal with them? Yeah. So what is what does faith do? So my big idea, the thing I and I hit it harder, I think, in the live services than I did in the online services, was that full eyes on God, taking yeah. in the fullness of the, the the nature and the character of God. You can't help but but it's like, and, and I said this in the live services. It's like Calvin begins his institutes. John yeah. Calvin, theologian John Calvin, begins his famous institutes of the Christian religion by saying, "Look at God." Yeah. Focus on the character and the and the, and the and the nature of God, and and after doing that, then you come down and contemplate the world, contemplate your life, contemplate your sin, mm-hmm. contemplate anything else in this world, and you have everything set in right perspective, including fears. And that's yeah. where I that's when where I, I and one of the things I really loved about the the you, the way you approached this week's message and was the idea that having faith in Jesus Christ does not mean we still don't think about the fears and that we don't have the fears. Sure. It's just how do we use our faith to respond to the fears and get to that point where you, where you circled in to the to the end, fan into flame the faith that provides boldness in mm-hmm. the face mm-hmm. of those fears. So I, I love the acknowledgement that because um, there, are, there, there, there are a lot of theologies out there, right, that, that kind of Push faith that. in Jesus, you don't never have no yeah, more no problems, problems. Never gonna roll, never gonna yeah. die, never gonna you're gonna be wealthy as can be. Your yeah. Health is gonna be great. Yeah, all, all the world's kind of definitions of success, you should have those as well. And I loved how we we just you know that's just not true. Yeah, right? I mean, one, it's not biblical. You called them shaky in your They're opinion. very it's, shaky. Those are shaky metrics. Yeah, and 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 I I just think I loved how you even just brought it up right up front to say, look, faith helps us respond to. Fear it doesn't annihilate it altogether. I mean, it doesn't change. It doesn't take it away altogether. Yeah. And um, you know, going into the light. So the, the, this is one of the cool things about what we do from a preaching team standpoint is we don't really talk a whole lot about what we're. You know, we just have these two scriptures. We have the general idea of where we're headed, but we don't really say, okay, well, what are you doing this? What what are we doing with this? Yeah. So you leaned a lot heavier on that Second Timothy passage. I yeah. leaned a lot heavier on the Exodus, and I even went back yeah. to Exodus three. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because I wanted to kind of build in that faith, fear. Where where was Moses at? But the the bottom line was we both talked about the the focusing on changing the focus shifting the focus and you really talked about that focus on the 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 person of Jesus Christ and what he's done yeah. for us. Yeah. When you're looking at this Timothy and Paul relationship which you talked about quite a bit you, you we, we both mentioned the Eunice and the Lois which I think is right on from Mother's Day so Jeez, Louise, that, I love that. That, that was a, that was a that was a direct hit for Mother's yeah. Day. And I love how Paul name drops constantly. I mean in his letters there there this is where I love it when you people that diminish the letters of Paul I think they miss the personality of Paul in his letters because he he names people and then yeah, Paul Paul is not working in isolation he is no. he is in, he is in community even if he's not physically with that community what did you think about when you're when you are thinking through the Paul and Timothy relationship and how that that approached yeah. um, how how that you know reshaped 
Paul's or shaped, not reshaped, but shaped Paul's kind of correspondence with Timothy. How do you think of that relationship in general? Well, I, I, it's always very moving to me to that this part of very, especially Second Timothy, because uh, you know, but when you get to that famous part where you know I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and yeah. I now go on to receive the reward that's been prepared for me. Um, <clears throat> you know that Paul is late, and he say he he actually says it. You know, I know the time of my departure is, is has come. So you know this is an old man, or at least. Late in life, he's soon to die. Uh, yeah. Man, talking to a younger man who he has already mentored, and you and I both know that we, as pastors, we sit in these conversations all the time. Yeah. And what you, there's going to be levity, and there's going to be lighthearted moments in there, but there's also this this weight that is hanging in the air, yeah. and there's a weight hanging in the air of this letter. Yeah. So part of what I was hoping, anytime I come to this letter, I just want to I want to make sure that we we bring that weight that's hanging mm-hmm. in the air. Words matter, yeah. moments matter, time matters, and so he's saying saying the things that matter most at this time. And so, what is he saying first? Basically, he's saying it's right up front. I love you. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm proud of you. I love that you have this this faith here. I love your grandmother and your and your mother for for bringing that faith into you. And um, and I know things are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm gone, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what what parent wouldn't want mm-hmm. sit down with their own child to say these same words? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I know things are going to be tough when they're gone. So here's what I'm going to tell you: yeah. that's going to help you for when I'm for when that when you're on your own, when you're facing these op- these problems, these conflicts, these op- these opponents. Yeah, and when you think about where Paul, not just where he is in his life, but where he is geographically and what he's what he's dealt with in his ministry, you know, l- spending large portions of his ministry in prison, doing ministry work from a prison cell, and and it strikes me, you know, when I when I read the 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 letters of Paul and how often he was in prison, how often he was writing in prison, and you mentioned Paul using that as an opportunity for the gospel so often. But I always wonder psychologically how often he kind of cycled through this. I'm in prison, you know. <laughs> like this is this is this is persecution, and 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 the, you know what is the legacy I'm leaving behind to someone like Timothy, uh, who's also going to potentially face and will face this level of persecution because the persecution is meant to discourage right i mean so the the whole idea of persecution is to discourage those who are being persecuted yeah, make to, them stop to, to to instill a fear of that persecution and so paul addressing this this sort of like tension where you have this wonderful, you know, fire-inducing message of the gospel, and then the attempts to to kind of squash that that Paul had to repeatedly deal with over and over and over again, and him in faith having to deal with the psychological fear of failure himself, and, so and what does you, that look like? You have to wonder, uh, and I loved how you hit this. We both hit this. Um, that 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 one line in there that that we're not to be timid. Yeah, yeah. But we have you know we have power and we have love. We have self-discipline or self-control, depending on the translation. Yeah. Um, that that you know, you have to wonder: Was Paul saying that to Timothy and, as much as he's saying himself. it to himself? Yeah, that's how I. That's and that's kind of how I, I read that too. Is that as Paul is is writing to Timothy, he, you know, we we we've said this before, just talking about our own sermon. Sometimes we're preaching as much to ourselves. Yeah. Probably often preaching as much to ourselves as we're preaching to anyone else. And Paul, I think, writing as much to himself as he's writing to Timothy. These are the words in in his later years from a, a persecuted state. What does he need 
takes to remember himself in light of where he's at and and where he's yeah. where he's going and and I just I love the to me the the thing that really got got me was the 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 way that you have this Old Testament passage with ex, with with Moses the the New Testament partnership with Timothy and yet it's the same God and and the same focus is you deal with the fear of failure as a person of faith by by looking to the character of the person of God who promises to be with us yeah you know and you talked about and you the, see that in the Moses in the Moses story and you really you see that it's it's not as explicit in the in the Timothy story, but it's there as, as well. Well, he talks about the presence of the Holy Spirit in Timothy's life, you yeah, know? dwelling in you, yeah, yeah, and then and then that line that Paul says, I I'm convinced that he is able to to bring to completion that which he began in me. So it's this idea that he knows that whatever God, whatever the calling God has given him. Even this late stage, God's going to bring it to completion. Whether he gets to see that finished or not, he's going to. He knows that in the life of Timothy, that's going to take place. So there was a line in there that you used, and I and I I don't remember if I did it in the recording. I know I did it in person. Is that God accommodated Moses's fear? Yeah. God accommodates our fears. Yeah. Can you talk talk a little bit about what you saw in that and what and what that well, what, think- what you meant? Meant with it. Well, I think I think it goes a little bit to what how you op- how you opened your message is that faith does not banish all fears, and and the thing that's interesting and I and I this is one of those cutting room floors because I was already at thirty five minutes in my message and oh my goodness it was a long one because I just there was so much I wanted to do with it but the 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 idea that God is angry in this moment. Okay, I mean, he says he talk about the fire that was kindled. I mean, yeah. it says literally in the Hebrew, it, it means that the nostrils of God burn yeah. with anger. Yeah. I mean, God, if God is yeah. having nostrils and they're burning at you, it's not good. But he doesn't like he. The thing that always amazes me, it's like the very next thing he says is, "Okay, I'm going to give you a partner." Yeah, and I just to me that's that shows shows the tremendous grace that God has in dealing with us as fallible human beings when he calls us and not that you know not that he's not without justice because you know he does take Moses to task um, especially earlier when he talks about who made the mouth and who makes the blind and the deaf um, and and he definitely takes Moses to task several times in Moses ministry uh, even though he is uh, he he often glows with the countenance of God on him uh, after meeting and speaking with mm-hmm. the Lord and yet God holds him back from the promised land but he still treats Moses according to you know his, his even his his fallibility he's not there's this this lack of um, expectation that Moses is going to enter into this perfectly and I also think you know you look at the pattern of scripture it's a rare case it's not there are there are exceptions but it's a rare case that God calls any one person to do something by themselves there's there's right. almost always right. not always but almost always a partnership in place yeah God's inco- accommodation of Moses was Aaron yeah Moses and Aaron together went and accomplished this great this great mission yeah. God's accommodation for whatever fears would have been and struggles uh, Timothy would have had was Paul yeah yeah. More importantly, God's accommodation for for both Moses and Timothy was God. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah, so just a just a reset, refocus, see see, and, and this and. 
Timothy's case, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. The, the dynamite power mm-hmm. that, of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that is the power that you have, have within you. Don't lose sight of that. Yes. And it's really easy for fallible, you know, fickle human beings to lose sight mm-hmm. of who get myopic and start focusing just on the problem, mm-hmm. which is the – is the perpetual issue when yeah. it comes to to, to uh, f- running into problems in life is that we get myopic. We get yeah. the, our field of vision narrows down. We yeah. don't see the larger perspective, and God is constantly calling us to see the larger perspective. And, he's, and sometimes He's going to do that with an Aaron sitting right mm-hmm. right next to you to comfort you, and sometimes He's going to do that by just sheer, you know, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, saying, "Okay." You you have forgotten. Let me remind you. Well, and as I'm thinking about it now, as as, as you're talking, you, you know that 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 narrowing field of vision. You know, I think it's so interesting because we live in a in a society and culture that's built on the the hero kind of leader, right? And it's almost always this independent, singular focus. Um, and even in church world, we see this, you know, and the, the elevation of the singular voice and how often that has failed <laughs> yeah. recently because there's been this whether it's a fear of what might be lost if there's you know one of the reasons that and this was actually in my notes but it didn't actually make it into the the final message was this idea that it's really just too hard to, to, to unpack but you have all of these stories of pastors and church leaders who have been propped up despite their their failure despite their 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 character flaws or despite you know behaviors that people knew about well they're propped up because People believe that without this one person, um, the whole ministry falls apart and whatever that the view of success is. So they have this idea that we're a successful church because, you know, we have seven locations and we have, you know, 25,000 in attendance. And if this pastor, this church leader is gone we're failures. It is a repeated story in the Church of Jesus Christ. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, I think back to Bob Schuler in the Crystal Cathedral yeah. in, in, uh, in California, and when Bob Schuler gets sick and dies, yeah, it falls apart. The church has been floundering you know, ever since. They, they haven't had the the the, uh, the success that yeah. they had, if you want to call that success. Yeah. They haven't had the the the, the numbers they've yeah. had since Bob Schuler died. Yeah. And you, you you can do personality after personality, pastor after pastor, and now and now now these the ones you're referring to it's not death that's that's happened mm-hmm. it's moral failures that have, yeah. have happened there's have been we've had one my cousin worked for a large church in in this region mm-hmm. of the country mm-hmm. and uh, that church has been in the, in the papers lately because yeah. of misconduct on the yeah. part of the senior pastor when i wonder how much of that would i don't, I don't know if this is the 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 panacea, you know, but how much of that would change if that person was in a partnership of accountability and support and and help to deal yep. with those the fears that surround the potential, you know, view of failure that would come. Now, I don't know if that's that would be the case, but I know that it would at least the pattern of scripture and the pattern of of because you even look at the Moses and Aaron relationship. Man, there's failures all over 
I mean, Aaron doesn't even barely get out of the promised land before he's, he's got the he's, golden, he's got the golden, golden calf, calf and, up. and Moses has to call him to task. And yet Moses is still anointed the high priest. Yeah. You know, I mean, God oh, uh, overlooks, Aaron, yeah. doesn't, God overlooks the, the sin of Aaron because Moses stands in the gap and then continues to elevate Aaron. Now, neither one of them reached the promised land, but again, they they lead in the calling that God has given them. And, and I just, I just, there's, there's something to that that we societally because you can also look at entrepreneurs the same way i mean there's tons of of, of stories of entrepreneurs yeah, that, what's what's the second generation do when, yeah, when their right. entrepreneur is out of the picture yeah which is the flip side of this is the and i love the phrase that you use to describe this because it's it's the story of lois and eunice yeah mm-hmm. the flip side of this is uh, your phrase was there's generational faithfulness yeah yeah. When you see one generation being faithful to God and just in living humbly, living mm-hmm. seeking to live holy and being being in an accountable relationship and doing the will of God and trying to live in the ways that bring glory and honor to God mm-hmm. and they're passing that on to mm-hmm. their daughter in Lois's uh, Lois's case and she's grabs, grasping that yeah. and she's beginning to live that way even though the, her husband didn't mm-hmm. you know she's beginning to live that way and now the two of them are tag teaming the grandson. Yeah. The son and the grandson they attacked mm-hmm. him in Timothy, and that generational faithfulness is the is the is the other picture of what could be. Yeah, the yeah. one picture could be is that you could be be unfaithful to your calling, and that you could just you could just do it for self centered that motives entirely, mm-hmm. and not truly be be God centered, which is the problem that many church leaders and church pastors yeah. have fallen into. They they lose sight of yeah. that core that core thing here. The other picture though is the, is Lois and Eunice, yeah, is quietly just, being faithful and yeah. passing that on, yeah, which is a miracle in and of itself because of where they where they're coming from. I mean they the the, the but for God intervening into that family that there's that faithfulness doesn't even begin and and i think you know for parents and you you really i think touched on it really well is for parents we worry and i worry and i know that you as a as a parent and now grandparent have probably worried about i'm gonna mess this up you know Uh along the way what what am i gonna do but for the grace of god you know you talked about it we don't we can't give away what we don't have and what we have minimally we can only give minimally right i mean you have a a, a phrase that you use with baptism and the success as for parents um especially for those that are trying to follow jesus is to instill eternal value into them through the 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 person and work of jesus christ and make that a priority which is an internal work first yes which is a it's not so much that we're going to dump something on your head and open up your head and pour it into you that mm-hmm. we may not even get it's it has to be internal first mm-hmm. and so it can be passed along and and be it's demonstrated it's 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 the it's the the taught but it's also the caught it's got to be caught by your children yeah. from you because I can know? tell you that the, the, I just you and I know from from family after family and 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 with seeing the rising generations trying to live faithfully in the 
cultural context we find ourselves in where there yeah. are screaming voices yeah. uh, at the at, at orthodoxy screaming voices at, at uh, immoral, immoral uh, teachings um, it's tough it this, is. this is tough it, it is if, if ever is a, there's a time to, to go deep and to stay firm in mm-hmm. the faith this is it because mm-hmm. it is the only way we're going to be able to withstand the, um, the, the the screaming voices that are out there yeah absolutely well you know this was a this was a good 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 message this past Sunday. Uh, we're continuing the series this week. Uh, Looking fe- forward to it. Fear of insignificance, which is related to the fear of failure, yeah. but is different than the fear of failure. This week, I'm going to be in Classic. You're going to be back in Vine. Vine. Yeah. And so, uh, that we'll, we'll, we'll be excited about that. And uh, talking about some really interesting passages of, of Scripture as well. Uh, one from, from uh, the teachings of Jesus, and then one from the Psalms. Uh, but if you've missed any one of the sermons from this uh, this ser- sermon series or any previous series, head to fpclakeland.org. Click on the worship page and then the sermon archive tabs. You can watch or listen to any one of the messages or complete services. And if you've missed any one of the episodes of Armchair Preaching, I do invite you to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Subscribe, hit the like button. <laughs> Pass it along. To yes, folks, he says it live every time, every week. It's not pre-recorded. And that little spiel. And you can you can verify. I have no notes in front of me Correct. when I say it. It's all off the top of my head. Yep. So it's all good. It's all good. So I at least have that. If I have nothing else, I have that. John, thank you once again for joining us, and uh, we are so grateful to have you back. It's good to be here, and uh, thanks for for putting this on. As always, great job. Absolutely, and we'll see everybody next time. <laughs>